person and online. Well, today we are going to be talking about life. And the title of my message is Get a Life. <laughs> now, if someone told you to get a life, chances are you'd probably be a little upset or offended, right? But today, in a nice way, I'm going to tell you not only to get a life, but I'm also going to tell you how you can get it. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for this time that we can be in your presence. We can gather together as believers to worship you. Lord, we thank you for waking us up this morning. We thank you indeed for giving us life and breath and, and being able to be here or online. And we just pray for your blessings. May you speak to us. May you open up our minds and our hearts to hear from your Holy Spirit. And we pray that you would help us, Lord, to respond appropriately and accordingly to your word and to the prompting of your spirit. And so we commit this time into your hands and we ask for you to move and have your way. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. When you think about the concept of life, there are probably many things that come to mind when you think about life itself. But here's something that I want you to think about. Just because a person is alive doesn't necessarily mean that they are living. Just because a person may be alive, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're living. And you're probably wondering, what do you mean? Well, we're going to talk about it. There are so many people in this world who are alive, and they may have life in their body, but their life is so vain. It's meaningless, it's empty, it doesn't have purpose, it doesn't have cause, and they're just living how they want to live. But the reason that their life may not feel like it has purpose and meaning and may be empty is because they're not living the way that God created and intended for us to live. In order for us to understand life, we first need to understand where life came from in order to understand it. In the book of Genesis, the first book in the Bible, we read about the creation story, and I hope that you are familiar with it. And if you're not, then I encourage you to read it. It's in the first chapter uh, of the first book of the Bible, and so you can take a read of it. But it talks about life and how life began here on earth. And in the book of Genesis, we see how plants and animals and birds and fish and then human beings were created by God. The meaning of Genesis itself is the origin or coming into being of something. That's what Genesis itself means. It is the origin or something coming into being, something being birthed, something coming into existence. And it is a fitting name for the book since it talks about the very beginning of where life itself has come from. We see that God created everything and gave life. 
In Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, we read, Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. So God not only created man out of the dust by his hand, but you see, if God left it at that, then the human body would simply be a shell, right? But God went a step further and he breathed his own breath into Adam, causing him to have life. The breath of God is what gives us life. When God breathes his breath within us, he is putting his spirit within us. Our spirit is what gives us life. When our spirit leaves our body, we die because the life has gone out of it. You getting it so far? The life has left. And so God, by his spirit, breathed his breath of life into us, giving us the spirit within us. That is why it is within our spirit that we communicate with God, that we have fellowship with God, that we have relationship with God, that God speaks to us, that he gives us revelations and understandings where we feel promptings, where we experience God in a way that we may not be able to on a physical level because God is spirit and so he communicates with us through his spirit. It is our spirit that we connect with and have a relationship with God. It is the life that is within us. It is the shell of the body that comes to life when the spirit is put within it. In Job chapter 33, verse 4, it says, For the Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. We are alive because God has given us life. We are alive because God has made us. Have you ever asked yourself, why did God create us? Have, have you ever asked yourself that? Why did God make us? Why did he make everything there is, especially when God knew what was going to happen? Why did God create all that there is? Well, the simple truth of it all is that God doesn't need us to be God. God is eternal. The Bible says from everlasting to everlasting. God has always existed, and I know that is a difficult concept for us to wrap our minds around, because in our minds, there is always a beginning and an end, or at least a beginning, right? But God has always existed. There has never been a beginning to God because he is eternal. He is everlasting. And so somewhere in the realm of eternity, God decided that he was going to start life, that he was going to create us, not because he needs us, because God is God all by himself, but because of his love for us, he decided that he was going to create us and give us life. 
My friends, you see, we are not created for any other purpose but the purpose of worshiping, glorifying, and serving God. We are created by his hand for his purposes. We are created to enjoy our Father's blessings, to enjoy the privileges of being a child of God, to enjoy the world that God has created to give us. God does not need us. He wants us. He wants to have a relationship with us because of his love for us. Let me tell you something. God knew that one day you would exist. God knew that one day you would exist. What does that mean? It means you are not here by accident. You are not a mistake. And I believe that some of you need to be reminded of that. You need to be reminded that you were created for a reason. That you are not just a mistake, but God wanted you here for a purpose and a reason. Jeremiah verse, chapter 1 verse 5 says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. God knew us before he even formed us. God knew you before you were formed. You are not an accident. You are here for a reason. And since you are not an accident, you were created for a purpose. I want to tell you, get a life that has purpose. Get a life that has purpose because you and I were created for a purpose. We were created for a reason. We're not just here to take up space on this earth. We're not just here to be another number in, in the whole scale of everything, but we have a purpose. And you see, without God in our life, life is meaningless. Life is empty. It has no purpose. It has no reason. It has no meaning. That's why people who don't have God are so hopeless. That's why people who don't know the Lord often have no hope because the hope that we have is found in Christ alone. God is the one who gives our life meaning and purpose. He gives us a reason to wake up in the morning. He gives us a reason to persevere through life's struggles. He gives us a reason to continue to go on. He gives us a reason to go even when it seems impossible. It is God who gives us a reason and a purpose, who gives us meaning and gives us hope. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 to 19 says, For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless lamb. You see, God paid a ransom. He paid the price with his son's life so that we could lose this empty life and have a new life, a life that is filled with purpose, a life that has a reason, a life that is meaningful. God paid for that so that this empty life is no more. At home, I have these small glass bottles. And I don't know if you can see it properly, but what this is, 
or before I tell you what it is. Uh, so I have them, you know, in a, in a drawer, okay? And some of you might know what they are. I have them in a drawer, and my wonderful husband saw them. And he, yeah, he's, I, I know, I often tell you like negative things about him, right? I, I think so, but he, he's really good most of the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so my wonderful husband saw these little bottles in the drawer and assumed that they were bottles of cologne. Now, what this actually is, is like an oil diffuser. Do you know what that is? So you put the you open the top and you put these little sticks or reeds, whatever they're called, in them, and then they're supposed to spread scent. Have you seen these before? Okay, so they're supposed to make the room smell nice, all right? So just by seeing it, he assumed that it was cologne. Now, in all fairness, I guess it kind of looks like that, right? Yeah, okay. But I mean, it's not, so, you know, and it, anyways, so he assumed it was cologne. Now, because he assumed it was cologne, he obviously opened a bottle and tried to use it, right? Now, that's not the purpose for it. So, because that is not the purpose of what this oil diffuser thing bottle is, he ended up, you know, it ended up empty. He was confused about even, you know, what's happening here. It was empty. It made a mess and it just ruined it, right? It, it couldn't be used and it was just wasted. So, you know, I, I wasn't too upset about it because it was just one bottle out of the four. And, you know, I figure it does kind of look like cologne, but it's not. He wasted it. He made a big mess because he was trying to use it for a purpose in which it wasn't intended for. He was trying to use it for something it was not made to do. It wasn't intended for. You see, much like life, when we try to live contrary to how God created life to be, when we try to live our own way and think that we know best, when we try to use it for something that God never intended it to be used for or to do with, we end up feeling confused we end up feeling empty. We end up feeling like we've made a big mess because we've tried to do with our life something God didn't intend for us to do. You see, since God is the creator and he is the giver of life, that means that he is the one who gets to decide how life is meant to be lived. Because God is the one who gives life to us. He is the one who we should look to to understand the purpose of life. The boundaries in which we should live our life. How we should live. What we are to do with our life. And guess what? He tells us. And it's right here. It's in his word. He shows us and he demonstrates what we are to do with this life here on earth. And maybe today, in your mind, you're thinking, I've made a big mess of my life. I've wasted such a large part. 
I've wasted many years and I was confused and I tried to do things that I shouldn't have done. I tried to make it work and I just ended up making a big mess, feeling empty and alone. Here's the good news. The God that we serve is a God who redeems our life from the pits and he crowns us with love and compassion. He is a God of the second chance and the third chance and the fourth chance. He is a God who redeems us and calls us his own. He is a God who is able to change He is a God who is able to change our circumstance. He is able to bring beauty out of ashes, beauty out of tragedy, meaning and purpose out of a mess. That is the kind of God that we serve. You see, each one of us has a purpose. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15, it tells us he, that is Jesus, died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. You see, We need to stop living for ourselves because when Jesus died and gave us new life because we are a new creation in him, we start living a new life that is in him, that should be dedicated to him, that should honor him, that should glorify him, that should do those things because our new life, the purpose of it is living for Christ. It is living for him. So if we were created for a purpose, how do we know what that purpose is? How do we know why why we were created, what we are to do? Well, there are certain shared purposes that we all have as Christians and as human beings. There are certain things that we were all created to do. God created us for his pleasure and his enjoyment because of love. God created all of us to worship and to serve him. We were all created to worship and glorify God, to give him praise and to serve him. We also all were created to share God's love with others. The Bible says that we are to go into all the world, that we're to share the good news. And that's not just the job of the pastor or the missionary, but it's all of our responsibility as Christians. We have that responsibility wherever we are to share the gospel, to share our testimony, to tell others about Jesus. So we have a shared purpose as believers. And then more specifically, we each have individual purposes. We each have an individual purpose or purposes that we we were created for. So how do we know what that is? Well, first, we need to pray and ask God to reveal it to us and help us find it. And I would even go as far as saying, pray and fast about it. Ask God to reveal it to us and help us to understand what it is. In looking at our purpose, we also need to look at what are your natural talents and abilities? What are you good at? What are you passionate about? What do you enjoy doing? 
What, what is it that gets you excited? We also need to discover what our spiritual gifts are and how to use them. On Wednesday nights, currently, I'm teaching a series on spiritual gifts, looking at the different spiritual gifts and for us to understand how we can use them. We also, discovering our purpose, we need to look at the needs around us. Look at if there are needs around you, which there are many needs around you, how can I meet those needs? Can I volunteer? Can I help? Can I use my expertise, my training, my educational background to be a blessing, to be a help, to give back, to volunteer in some way? Look at the needs around you. We also need to look at God's word and how he instructs us to live every day and what his purpose is in his word. There are many things that we can do, my friends. There are specific and there are individual purposes for us. And sometimes we may refer to that as callings. And maybe today you're saying to yourself, I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know why I'm here. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with my life. Maybe your purpose might simply be to be the best mother or father that you could be to your children. Maybe your purpose is to make a difference somehow in this world, in the, the, the street that you live on, in the community that you're in, in the family that God has placed you in. Maybe your purpose might simply be to help change someone's life, to lead them to Jesus, to lead them to a relationship with Christ. Maybe your purpose might be to help find a cure for a sickness or disease in our world. Maybe your purpose might simply be to bring honor and glory to God. Whatever your purpose here on earth is, we need to do our best to live it out, to live with purpose and meaning, to live each day. And here's something I'm going to say, and I mean no disrespect by this. But too many times, people are just living each day and letting it pass by without doing something meaningful and purpose with the life that God has given you. Don't waste the fact that you woke up this morning. Don't waste the fact that you got to open your eyes today because a lot of people didn't. If you have breath in your lungs, if you are alive, then give God praise for that. Give him praise and ask him what you can do with the life he has given you. Because the life you have, the life I have is not our own. It has been bought by a high price and it belongs to God. Do something meaningful with the life that God has given you. And you are not too young or you're not too old to live out your purpose. You are not too young or old to start living with meaning and purpose. And especially for those of you who consider yourself young people, I, I want to tell you, don't waste the opportunities and experiences that you get to enjoy. Don't waste them. We are so blessed to be able to live in one of the most privileged countries in the world. We are so blessed 
to be able to have the opportunities that we have, especially if you were born here like me or grew up here. Don't waste those opportunities. Many of our parents came from countries with absolutely nothing and had to start from scratch. And I saw how my own parents worked hard to be able to put me and get me and my brothers where we are today. Young people, don't waste that. Your parents, your grandparents, your aunts, your uncles, your guardians, they have worked too hard for you to waste those opportunities. Take your education seriously. Take those opportunities that we get seriously because there are so many people in this world who would give anything for the kind of opportunities that we have today. Take your school seriously. Your friends, they can wait. Boyfriends and girlfriends, they can wait. Your education is so important. Ask God, pray and ask him to direct you to the right career. Don't waste your life. Ask God to help you and get serious about that because let me tell you, you're gonna be working for most of your life, so you might as well do something you're gonna enjoy right? You might as well do something that you're going to enjoy. You have the opportunity, my friends. Don't waste it. Don't waste it. And it's never too late to start living your purpose. It's never too late. The bottom line is that we need to get a life that has purpose. So last year, uh, I was grocery shop, well, I grocery shop regularly, but last year, while I was grocery shopping, I came across this item in the grocery store, and it's called, I think it's called vegetable, is it quinoa? Is that how you pronounce it? Okay, so I saw vegetable quinoa. Now, you know, I've heard people talk about this before, but I've never actually made this myself, right? So I figured, oh, it looks healthy right? And it seems to be healthy. Um, so I'm going to buy it and I'm going to make it, okay? So I put it in the cupboard, you know, and every time I open the cupboard and I see it, I thought, I got to make that, right? And does that happen to anybody? You buy something and you have good intention of making it and just does, okay. So every time I see it, I'm like, oh, I got to make that. Oh, I'm going to make that next week. I'm going to make that, you know. So it just never got to the point of me making it. Like I do cook, okay, but like, you know, to, to try something new and like I don't know how to cook it, but I can read the instructions. You know, I'm usually like trying to make quick things, right? Things I already know how to make. So finally, last week, I said to myself, I'm going to cook that quinoa, okay? So I take it down, I get everything ready, and then as I'm going to open the box, I notice it's expired. <laughs> it expired December 1st, 2022. So, I mean, like, I was like, well, I mean, it wasn't that long ago, right? So maybe I should just still make it. But then I thought, well, I don't want to die. But, you know, not yet, right? Not that way. <laughs> so I, I don't know. So I decided I'll just, I'll just hang on to it and, and see. You know, maybe I'll make it for my husband. And then see. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. So, <laughs> so I'm just joking. Uh, so anyways... I didn't get to use it, even though I bought it, because it's expired. And I was a little bit, you know, like, we spent money on this. 
you know, I feel bad because, you know, we spent money, we wasted it because I didn't get to use it, and, you know, it, it just expired before I could use it. You see, my friends, when I think about life, I think about the fact that we all have an expiry date. That just like this vegetable quinoa that I didn't get to use, each one of us has an expiry date as well. And instead of putting off our, our plans, putting off what we want to do, putting off our responsibilities, putting off calling the, that person, visiting that person, doing that person, telling them that you love them, doing for them what you can. My friends, it comes a point where we don't know when our expiry date will come. That is the simple truth. That God has given us life, he has given us this abundant life, but we do not know when our expiry date will come. When the date will come where we will no longer be on this earth. And so because of that, we need to prepare ourselves. And one of the ways that we can prepare ourselves is by getting a life that will last forever. Getting a life that will last forever. You see, God originally, when he created us, created us to live forever. That's why God created us. He created us with the intention and the purpose of living forever. But because of sin entering the world, sin put an expiry date on us. Sin put an expiry date that God never intended for there to be. But because of sin, we now have an expiry date. You see, after Adam and Eve sinned, God put a cherubim to uh, guard the Garden of Eden. If you read the story, you'll um, see it in more detail. I'm just paraphrasing. God put a cherubim to guard the Garden of Eden so that they or others would not be able to enter in. You see, they had eaten from the fruit that God told them not to eat from, of knowledge of good and evil. And so it opened up their eyes to things that God never intended for them to have to worry about or for us to worry about or to even know because he wanted us to enjoy this life. And so God put a cherubim to guard the way so that they or anyone else would not be able to go back into the garden and eat of any other fruit, especially from the tree of life. And this was not with the intention of God being mean or miserable, but God did this because in his mercy and his compassion upon us, he did not want us to eat from the tree of life, to live forever in a state of sin. You see, God loves us so much that he refused to allow us to live forever in a state of sinfulness, in a state of guilt and shame and pain and sorrow and suffering. And so he put the guards there so that we would not live forever in the state that we're in right now. God loves us so much that he decided that he was going to do something for us. And he saved us. In order for our life to be saved, a life had to be given. In order for our life to be paid for, blood had to be shed. And it had to be blood from a spotless, sinless, perfect sacrifice. 
And God knew that the only one who would be able to pay that price would be him. And so God, through the person of Jesus Christ, came down. He stepped down out of glory and came to our rescue. He came to pay a price that we could not afford. He came to give his life as a ransom so that our life could be saved. God, in his graciousness, gave us the gift of eternal life. 1 John chapter 5, verses 11 and 12 say this, and this is what God has testified. He has given us eternal life and this life is in his son whoever has the son has life whoever does not have God's son does not have life you see God is the one who gives us eternal life our life as I said earlier is not our own because he paid for it God not only gave us initial life but he gave us the gift of eternal life he has given us that and he has made it available through Jesus Christ. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23 says, For you have been born again, not to a life that will quickly end. Your new life will last forever. Your new life will last forever. That means it's not going to end because it comes from the eternal living word of God. You see, in this world that we live in, my friends, whether we're young or we're old, we don't know when our expiry date will come. We don't know when our time on this earth will come to an end, when our life will be over. And so we need to be prepared. And the way that we can do that is by repenting of our sins, is by putting our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ and trusting in him as our Lord and Savior, by surrendering all that we are to him so that we can receive this new life, so that we can receive eternal life that will not end but will last forever. God has given us that gift don't waste that gift. Don't waste the price that God paid on giving you eternal life. The way that I wasted money on this and didn't get to use it. Don't allow God's sacrifice to be in vain. He paid a high price. Make use of it. Get a life that will last forever that will not end, that will not fade, that you don't have to worry about because we know that we have the confidence that we can be with the Lord. The Apostle Paul writes, I would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. In other words, he's saying to be absent from the body, the soul, when it's a spirit, when it leaves the body, is with the Lord. 
To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And we get to experience that forever in heaven with God. Isn't it exciting to know that God has already paid your way to heaven? That God has already secured your ticket. He has already made it available to us. And all we need to do is accept him and believe in him. My friends, we don't know what the future holds for us. We know the one who holds tomorrow and our tomorrows to come, but we also can have the assurance and the guarantee that when our name is called, when the role is called up yonder, I'll be there. We can have the assurance in Jesus Christ. Luke chapter 17, verse 33 says, whoever seeks to save his life will eventually lose it through death. And whoever loses his life in this world will keep it from the consequences of sin and separation from God. We can be assured of eternal life with Jesus. You see, the only way that we can truly have life is through Jesus Christ. And so, my friends, do yourself a favor and get a life. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are the giver, the sustainer of life. We thank you, Father, that because of your love for us, that you created us for no other reason but to love us, to have a relationship with us. And God, we desire to have a relationship with you. We desire to serve the one who made us, who created us. And we look to you, God, for meaning and for purpose in our life. We look to you to understand how life is meant to be lived. Not a set of rules, but boundaries that we can safely and properly enjoy the life that you died to give us. And so God, may you help us. May you help us to find our purpose. May you help us to find our, our reason to exist. May you help us to understand that we are not a mistake, that we are not here by accident, but we exist for a reason. Lord, empower us so that we would not waste another day but that we would live each day with purpose, sharing your love, sharing your word, sharing the hope of Christ with other people. Lord, help us to live the way you intend for us to live. Lord, we pray that you also would help us to make that decision to truly surrender our lives to you, to put our faith and our trust we don't know when our expiry date will come, but we thank you, Lord, that when it does come, we do not have to fear because we know that we will be going home to glory. And so, Lord, we pray that you would fall fresh upon us by your Holy Spirit, that you would move, speak, and have your way. May you indeed, Lord, do in us a new work. May you indeed move in our lives and help us, oh God, that as we look around at everything that is going on in our world and in our life, that you would give us a sense of peace and calmness to know that you are still on the throne and that you are still in control. And so walk with us, Lord, day by day on this journey of life 
Help us, God, with all that will cross our paths, all that will come our way. Help us, Father. Guide us, direct us, lead us, give us direction. And we pray that your Holy Spirit would go ahead of us and prepare us for whatever comes our way because we know that you are with us. And so, Lord, be with us. And we thank you, Lord, that you have given us new life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. My friends, I believe that some of you here today need to come and spend some time at the altars. You can come and kneel or stand and space yourselves out. And maybe today you need to pray and you need to say, Lord, I want that new life, that eternal life that you died to give. I want that. I don't want to waste the sacrifice that you died to give, but I want to take you up on that offer. And maybe today that is your way of saying, Lord, I come into my life. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Maybe some of you today need to say, Lord, I've just been living day by day. Whatever happens, happens. But I want to start living with meaning and purpose. I want to discover why you put me on this earth, what you want me to do. I don't want to waste the time that I have left because I don't know when my expiry date will come. And you come and pray, and I will pray with you that the Lord would help you to find your purpose, that you would find meaning. And maybe some of you today need to say, God, help me to understand that I am not a mistake, that I am here because you wanted me here, that I am loved and that you desire to have a relationship with me. Or maybe you simply just wanna say, God, thank you for giving me life. Thank you for the life that I have, for the opportunities that I have, no matter what it may be. As we sing, you feel free to come. As we say, Lord, take my life and let it be consecrated to thee. Would you stand and let us?